Um, in Matthew, there's a discourse called the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, you might ask, are they the same thing? Okay. Um, we know that Jesus was a traveling uh, preacher and teacher. He didn't stay in one spot. <clears throat> he was an example to his apostles who, after he uh, died and rose to the Father, they, in turn, traveled and taught. Uh, so, that being said, if you're traveling around a lot and you're giving sermons here, or giving sermons there, every day, probably you're going to cover some of the same ground which is what I'm doing this morning. I'm sure you've heard sermons about the Beatitudes in the past. And so, how I understand it, the Sermon on the Mount, the Sermon on the Plain, and I'm not going to be contentious about it, but there were actually two different uh, opportunities for Jesus to speak, and he covered a lot of the same ground. So, we're going to deal with the Sermon on the Plain this morning. It's in Luke 6 starting with uh, the 20th verse there. Um, what I like about this is, you know, there's a lot of emphasis in the church on saving people, okay? And I say that kind of a, it's almost in a cliched way, that are you saved or do you want to be saved <coughs> And it's the ultimate thing, it's the most important thing, don't get me wrong. But in order to get from step A to step B, there's some things in the middle. And it's called living, and being able to live and to live the right kind of life and live the kind of life that Jesus lived to the best of our ability because he is our example. And so here in uh, the Sermon on the Plain, this, to me, is the agenda for God's kingdom. It's kind of the blueprint, I would think, how you would want to live. Jesus is giving this to us. And it's sometimes called the Beatitudes, and it's sometimes called the blessings and the woes. Now, what's a Beatitude? A Beatitude's a blessing. Okay. And what's a blessing? Blessing is something set aside by God, something that's, that's holy, that's important. So what he's giving us here is something that's holy, that's pure, a pure teaching, and it's important. It shows us how to live every day uh, as a disciple of Jesus. But what's important to, to see here that God's agenda is a diff different from ours, okay? Man thinks one way until he kind of gets in tune with what God wants. God thinks a different way, and that's what he's trying to get man to learn, to understand, okay? And you can see here in the Sermon on the Plain how different God thinks from the way we think until we get in tune with it. Because these blessings are different, okay? They're different kinds of blessings. They're different kinds of blessings. So I want to read verse 20 through 23 here to start off. 
It says, Then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you who, when people hate you and when they exclude you, revile you and defame you on account of the Son of Man, rejoice in the day and leap for joy. For surely your reward is great in heaven. For that is what the ancestors did to the prophets. So this already sounds different, doesn't it? It sounds different from the way man would think, the way we would think, the way we would want, how we would pursue life. Blessed are the poor. When you think about being poor or someone who's poor, a lot of times, how do we look at that? Well, it might be that person that you kind of step around <clears throat> on the street as you're going to Starbucks, you know, if you go, or if you go into your, your lunch, you know, hour at work. And it, that person doesn't have a lot of consequence to most people. Okay? But poor in this sense is not a lack of our own human value. That's not the point that's being made here. Humanity doesn't have value. If we think about being poor, and it's poor in spirit, what we're confessing to actually is that we're sinful people. We're acknowledging that we're sinners, and we're acknowledging that we're rebellious people, and that we kind of lack any kind of moral virtue that's Adequate to God, okay? Not to man, but to God. So what is being poor in this sense, in this spiritual sense? Well, poor equals severe poverty. When you think about someone, no one really wants to be poor in the world. When you think about poor, you think about you have nothing. You got nothing. You might not have a roof you know, to sleep under. And if you have a roof, you might not have a bed. Okay? You might struggle to provide food for yourself or if you have a family. Okay? You're living in a bad way. That's what poor is. I mentioned on your way to lunch, you know, during the week at work, and you step around the homeless person on the street, We call them homeless today. But it used to be a time when we called them beggars. Yeah. Because some of them do actually, literally, beg. And this is what this kind of definition of poor, when, when the scriptures talk about blessed are the poor in spirit, but it's equating that with being a beggar. Someone who understands what they're lacking spiritually. And when they understand that, so like a beggar who has nothing materially and wants 
and desires material things, just sometimes for survival, will beg. This, this is how we're to be. Spiritually, beg to God for sustenance. And this is how the Greek, the Greek words here that are used, that's, that's the context of that. So if we understand that, we realize that poverty, poverty of the spirit, is a prerequisite for entering the kingdom of God, for receiving the kingdom of God. If you don't understand that, you're kind of behind the eight ball, so to speak, right from the beginning. Okay? So we have to understand our own spiritual need. So that takes some soul searching. That takes looking at ourselves in the mirror. Uh, it takes prayer. It takes reading scripture and trying to understand ourselves because you're, you're not going to understand other people. You're not going to be able to help other people if you can't understand yourself or know yourself. Okay. And it says the poor will be blessed. And blessed, in some, in some translations, it says happy. Blessed, happy. So, what does it mean to be uh, blessed and happy? I talked about beatitude, the word beatitude means blessed. And I said that was holy. That was special. Okay? It also means welcome. Okay? So if you're blessed, you're happy, another shade of meaning is welcome. God welcomes you. Okay? And you have value. You have value to God. Okay? And it's important to understand that. Even though you might have the attitude of a beggar, and you want to have the attitude of a beggar, there's value. God values you. Okay, happy, it's not the kind of happy that, in a, in a kind of a worldly sense, where I'm happy, I feel good, okay, I feel good. It's not, it, 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 that's not the meaning, because that's basically temporary, right? When we feel happy, you can feel happy, I mean, some people like to sing. Okay, so this morning, instead of having Bible class and studying from Joshua, we sang. And that might make you feel good on a superficial level, so you're happy. Okay, so you might leave here today, you're out in the parking lot, and your car didn't start, or your tire's flat. And so, if you're only feeling happy superficially, that's going to deflate right away. Okay, so that's not the kind of happy we're talking about. We're talking about being blessed, knowing that we have value to God. Okay, knowing that God wants to welcome us into his kingdom. But what that poverty of spirit is not is self-loathing. A lot of people get into this like self-loathing thing where, you know, I'm so bad and I'm not worthy of God. And I'm just a terrible person. Okay, well, God understands that. We understand that, okay? 
that we're not perfect. Okay, but this poverty of spirit is not self-loathing or self-hatred. It's important to understand that we have value to God. God loves us. We wouldn't have sent his son to die on our behalf. And since we have this poverty of spirit, it's important to understand that the things that happen to us spiritually are not, we don't do it ourselves. We are not of our own strength. God is our strength. Okay? So, you're blessed okay, when you're poor, when you have poverty of spirit. Because you understand that you want more, and you understand where the source of that more is. So, only as beggars who rely on God can the rest of the blessings, unless we understand that the rest of the blessings that I'm going to talk about next, can they come to fruition. If we don't understand from the start that we're beggars spiritually, what comes next? We're not going to understand it. We're not going to be able to achieve it. We're not going to let God achieve it for us. That blessed are you who hunger, so you shall be filled. Blessed are you who weep, for you shall laugh. The poor, the hungry, and the weeping are blessed because Jesus is available for our needs. As human beings, um, and it's important, I don't want to kind of like go quickly over that, that Jesus is available for our needs. Okay, that's why you're blessed. Because as human beings, we have a habit of what? Looking in kind of like all the wrong places for comfort. Looking to all the wrong people for comfort, okay? But Jesus teaches to seek our fulfillment through him. And that can be accomplished in a number of different ways. Personal study and meditation on the scriptures, getting together as a group here, listening to teaching. And, you know, I'm speaking this morning and there's no Response. I mean, I'm, but in a, in a Bible class setting, everybody gets a chance to talk. Everybody gets a chance, if they want to, to edify each other. Okay? When we're singing, essentially that's what we're doing. We're edifying. We're not, we're, when we're singing, we're not, oh, well, we're singing like a chorus. We're here to, I like that song, you know, and people are like that, you know, and I enjoy certain songs too, don't get me wrong, but people are kind of like that, well, I like that song, I enjoy that song, but basically when we're singing, we're singing to each other, and we're edifying each other, so there's ways that uh, we can be fulfilled, and Jesus gives us an avenue uh, to be fulfilled. You were blessed when men hate you. That's different, huh? <laughs> How can that be? Nobody wants to be hated, right? Uh-uh. You don't, you don't want that. But Scripture says you're, you're blessed 
when men hate you. Okay? When you seek spiritual riches like a beggar, when you seek spiritual food like a starving person, when you, speak, when you seek spiritual comfort like someone who's in severe emotional pain, okay? A lot of times that type of an attitude is out of step with society. which can lead to ridicule and persecution. Um, I read it in scripture earlier, and Stephen led a song in the song, part of our class this morning. The last song Stephen read, I was, you know, or sang this morning, he led, I am resolved. <clears throat> and that last verse kind of jumped out to me when we were singing it. I am resolved to enter the kingdom, leaving the paths of sin. Friends may oppose me, foes may beset me, still I will enter in. Okay? <clears throat> A lot of times, people will turn, people you thought you were friends, or your friends will turn their back on you because you begin to, to act in a different way, you begin to change. Um, but we know that God's people, back in the ancient times, were persecuted too because of what they believed. So we're in good company, so to speak. Um, we know that we're on God's side. And also too, when we think about persecution, a lot of times we think about physical persecution. I know a while back, Josh, you gave a, a lesson <clears throat> on one of the, the saints, the martyrs, that, and some of the things that they went through, fed to the lions, burned at the stake, those type of things, going through those physical <coughs> maladies for, for what they believe, okay? Um, but you can be persecuted in other ways, other than physical. Um, you can be persecuted mentally. People can play mind games with you. Uh, you can be persecuted emotionally, which sometimes might go hand in hand with mental persecution, okay? Um, and it can, can mess you up if you let it. So just be aware that those things are going to happen, but you have a, a place to go, a refuge where you can go. Then you have brothers and sisters and Christian friends that are always there. So when you need to walk through door A, you walk through door A and not through door B. Okay. Verses 24 through 26. But woe to, the, to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. <clears throat> These are some different kind of, of woes. And 
the reason why I say that they're different is because didn't we just read earlier that all these things here were blessings? I mean, if you're hungry, you want to be filled. Uh, if you're poor, you want to be rich. Okay? And Jesus just told us, if you're, if you're poor, you will be rich. If you're hungry, you will be filled. Now he's saying, well, woe to you if you're rich. Woe to you if you're hungry. Okay? First thing I want to point out here is <coughs> the word woe. W-O-E. And in the Greek, what it wants to express is regret or compassion. It's not a threat. It's not like woe to you. It's not a threat. It's trying to express regret or compassion. <clears throat> and these woes, this regret or compassion, are in regard to those who are rich, fulfilled, and happy in their material existence. Not their spiritual existence, but in their material existence. And they feel no need to petition God. I mean, God's like not even on the radar screen because their riches, their feeling of personal fulfillment make them happy. That's where they get their joy from. This is what he's talking about here. Now, <clears throat> a lot of times you've seen people in those situations and things start to go wrong. Because, I mean, life can turn like that, right? <laughs> it can turn right on a dime, okay? So you're a fat cat, man, and you got it all. And you have no need for God whatsoever. You got a good job. Got money in the bank. Got a couple Mercedes, a Beamer, in your four or five car garage sitting by your house up on the hill. You got it, man. But things can happen. That's why I think the last uh, financial downturn we had there back around 2007, people were killing themselves, jumping out of windows. I mean, and it's happened before because they did that in the 1920s. So it's not anything that didn't happen before, but people don't really get it and they don't learn. But you can hit rock bottom. And a lot of times, when people hit rock bottom, they realize, well, you know, I gotta do something different. Something has to be different, okay? And that's where this woe or regret comes in. When I'm saying, you know, it's regrettable, okay? It's regrettable that this had to happen. Let's look at verses 27 through 36. But I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, 
offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to every, everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies, do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be, per be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. And this is what Stephen read this morning before uh, he prayed to open our service. There's a couple of things that, that kind of jump out to me here. Um, remember I said woe equals regret or compassion. And in 635 it says, God is gracious to the ungrateful and the wicked. A lot of people that consider themselves to be Christians might, I mean, they might kind of like look over that real quick, you know, and not want to come to terms with that. That's what it says. It says, God is gracious to the ungrateful and the evil. And if Jesus is God personified you know, on earth, and he is our example of how we're to conduct our lives, then you can read yourself into that. You know, I am gracious to the ungrateful and the wicked. And that might be hard on some occasion, I would think. Maybe not, but depends on, on, on the person, I guess, right? Verses 27 through 30, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Do good, bless and pray for those who spitefully use you. They've been spitefully used. You've been hated. Bless those who curse you. Do we return a curse with a curse? I mean, I, I look at myself and I know that uh, there's a time when I want my palm to flush. Okay? It's not right. And a lot of times it's just in my mind. It's not anything that I really act, you know, act out. <coughs> but we kind of get, you know, kind of caught up in ourselves and we feel that you know, we're being done wrong. And uh, we kind of get that kind of revenge kind of attitude working there. Turning the other cheek instead of turning the other cheek, you know. Now, culturally, from what I was reading, and says turn the other cheek that's because someone slapped you so you turn the other cheek and let them slap your other cheek and 
culturally, when you're getting slapped, um, it represents more of an attack on your honor than a physical kind of attack. It's annoying. You get slapped in the face. It's kind of annoying. You see those old movies where uh, a guy takes his, you know two guys, or and they're usually kind of like debonair type guys, you know, kind of high tone guys, and takes out his glove, disagreement, slaps the guy you know, side of the face. <laughs> it's usually you know, and then they're talking about going outside and drawing pistols on each other. I mean, that's the next step. But it's usually an attack on your honor, and this is what is being represented here. Um, he's telling us to avoid that this for that uh, kind of contentiousness that we can have with each other. Okay? You did this to me, so I have to do this to you. And the whole world is kind of built around that. I mean, if you study history, uh, you look at World War One, kind of a this for that type of thing. Someone did a small thing, and next thing you know, the whole world's blown. That's, that's, that's the way we are. It's the way humanity is. So we need to get away from that kind of revengeful type thinking. Okay? Not be vengeful. People from the scriptures tell us that God will do the avenging, not us. Just love and expect nothing in return. That's a sacrificial type of love. Okay? Is what Jesus did for us. But then you might ask, well, I've been going around, you know, loving and not expecting anything in return, and people might start taking advantage of me, especially if they know me, okay, if they're family or, or things like that. And I can speak from experience with this because I have a large family. Uh, a lot of siblings that run the, the gamut from doing real bad things to, you know, being solid Christian people. So I've had family members who uh, take advantage of me because you're their brother or you're their sister. Okay? So... Is there a limit to that? Should we let somebody walk all over us? Okay? And if there is a limit, what is the limit? Okay? Well, sometimes when you're fulfilling a person's request, it's not being loving. What we're trying to do here is to, to, to love, right? It's not being, you're not being loving to that person by fulfilling their request. Giving a person everything that they want isn't necessarily love. There's a word that we use for that, and it's called enabling. Okay. Now I'm thinking about this guy here, that uh, this young kid that a while back, that you know, it was last spring or something. That he's not even a, he's not even a. Uh, when it happened, he wasn't a. Uh, he's a minor. He's down in Texas, got drunk, got in the parents' car, and crashed into a family and you know, killed about four people, right? And then his like defense was like he was 
He was an affluent guy, and so he didn't know any better. That's because, you know, his parents enabled him, basically. Okay? They weren't doing, they were giving him everything, giving him what he wanted. It wasn't, wasn't doing him any good. Okay? And it says, just as you want men to do to you, do to them likewise. Okay? We're Christian people. So when it says, if you want, if you want uh, to be treated like you want someone to treat you. But as Christian people, we shouldn't have a selfish nature. Okay, so when we expect treatment from other people, we really shouldn't really, you know, expecting someone to be selfish with us all the time. I mean, we shouldn't be selfish people, right? So why would you, if you want someone to treat you like you would treat someone else, <laughs> if someone's being selfish with you all the time, I mean, it's not right. You shouldn't reward serial selfishness, basically. So wrapping it up, seek God like a beggar. When you see a homeless person, I shouldn't say a homeless person, because a lot of homeless people have dignity, and a lot of times they're just, you know, their stuff, their home might be in a Kroger's basket, but they have a certain dignity. But if you see, there are people that just beg. If you see a beggar, okay, and you think, oh, well, this guy, that's how you should be seeking God spiritually. You should be a spiritual beggar towards God. So you seek God like a beggar for your spiritual riches for your spiritual food, and for your spiritual comforts. Okay, and God, the scriptures say that God loves us and he's going to give it to us. We ask, okay. <clears throat> and develop an attitude of compassion and love and mercy for others. <clears throat>